It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Here's Rob Carney. The Monday, September 27th edition of the Heartland at Noon. It's brought to you by Purposed Financial and Heritage Insurance, working together to serve you better. Today on this program, we've got the COVID-19 update, the latest numbers that continue to climb. Speaking of numbers, we now have three locals who are running for mayor in the upcoming by-election. Wayne Watermanuk, a limousine driver, joining City Councilor Crystal Froze and driving instructor Mike Simpkins in the race. And Councilor Jamie Logan has ended the speculation, announcing he will not be seeking the mayor's chair. We'll share what he had to say today. Bruce Fairman is back in town. He's the man behind all the wonderful books about Moose Jaw. And he's just published a brand new work, Moose Jaw, The Boom Years, 1904 to 1914. Bruce does the research and the writing. His daughter, Danielle Dorr, does the rest. They'll be here to share their story. Thursday, September 30th, marks the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, honoring the lost children and survivors of residential schools, their families and communities. The Waccamaw Aboriginal Community Association is inviting all locals to join them for a special day. Lori Dietz will explain. These stories and more coming up on The Heartland at Noon. You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw, a Golden West radio station. Discover Moose Jaw News for Ivermain Place. Small town life is great when you're surrounded by people with big hearts. Contact today for senior living opportunities at Ivermain Place Central Butte. Good afternoon. I'm Haley Shirky. I've been giving this a lot of thought, and after many hours of thinking and, and many hours of discussing this with my family and many sleepless nights, I have decided that I, in fact, will not be submitting my name for a chance to be the next mayor of Moose Jaw. That is Moose Jaw City Councilor Jamie Logan from a social media post on the weekend. Speculation was that he would be running for mayor when we go to the polls in a by-election to elect a new mayor on November 3rd. Another candidate did throw their name in the ring on Friday, however. Limo and shuttle driver Wayne Watermanuk is now the third person running for mayor in Moose Jaw against City Councilor Crystal Froze and retired railroader Mike Simpkins. Nominations close at 4 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. The Winter Farmers Market is now accepting vendor applications. Secretary of the Farmers Market, Julie Ann Howe, says it will start in November. We have two dates booked, November 13th and December 4th. Those are both Saturdays, and the market will run from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Timothy Eaton Center. She's also asking that applicants give one to two weeks' notice before the open dates. Find more information and the vendor applications at www.mjhomegrownmarket.com. The government of Saskatchewan announced the minimum wage in the province will be increasing to $11.81 per hour on October 1st. According to the government of Saskatchewan, this is the 13th increase to minimum wage, totaling an increase of over 48% since 2007. The increase is calculated using an indexation formula, which gives equal weight to changes to the consumer price index and average hourly wage for Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan currently has the lowest minimum wage in Canada. Once the increase is in effect, we will have the second lowest wage in the country, after only New Brunswick. The government introduced an indexation formula in 2010, 
increases are announced by June 30th and take effect on October 1st of each year. Words cannot express the loss and grief we are feeling. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Keller family and the community of Gull Lake. That social media post from Moose Jaw's Epic Hockey was posted late last night in the wake of a fatal motor vehicle accident on the weekend that claimed the life of a young hockey player, Peyton Keller. We understand it happened Saturday night near Moose Jaw after a Bantam AA game at Notre Dame. We expect to get more details from RCMP today. eHealth Saskatchewan temporarily removed QR codes from people's COVID-19 records over the weekend due to a privacy breach. It was learned late last week that one person's information breached. eHealth received three reports of people who had individuals' information on their QR code. Davin Church, Vice President of Programs and Technology for eHealth, outlined how many people could be affected. Uh, while we're aware of one individual um, is, is what we're aware of, the potential scope uh, or worst-case scenario uh, based on, uh, on the analysis done um, is that up to, uh, this could have affected up to 19 uh, individuals. Residents are asked to destroy any old QR codes until new ones can be issued in the coming days. The Dr. F.H. Wigmore Hospital implemented visitation restrictions for acute care areas as of Friday. Moving to Level 1 family presence restrictions, a patient can designate two support people, but only one person can be inside at a time. Two or more designated people can be inside within the intensive care unit, maternal, postpartum, and pediatric units, and end-of-life or palliative care. 552 new cases of COVID-19 were reported in Saskatchewan on Monday, along with 436 recoveries and three deaths. Of the new cases, 36 are in the south-central zone, 124 are in Saskatoon, and 64 are in Regina. 4,864 cases are considered active, and 281 people are in hospital, with 63 in the ICU. And now, the Golden West Radio Money Scope for Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial, bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is up 68 points, the Dow Jones is up 101 points, the NASDAQ is down 127 points, and the Canadian dollar is up at 79.20 cents U.S. And do you have a story to share? Click Submit News on discovermoosejaw.com. A regional spike in COVID-19 cases is forcing the Council of Atlantic Premiers to take their scheduled meeting virtual. New Brunswick Premier Blaine Higgs had planned to host his three other counterparts today and tomorrow in Moncton. But to keep everyone safe, they will take part in a virtual meeting instead tomorrow. Some businesses, schools and cities are preparing to observe the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation this coming Thursday, even though some provincial governments will not be granting it as a statutory holiday for employees. The federal government announced in the summer that September 30th will be recognized federally as a statutory holiday to commemorate the history and intergenerational trauma caused by former Indian residential schools. Some provinces and territories, including Alberta and Saskatchewan, said the day will not be a staffer employees, but they plan to observe the day in other ways.
Seasonal monsoon rains may worsen flooding that has already affected about a third of Thailand. A tropical storm swept through the upper part of the country over the weekend, causing flash floods that impacted thousands. And a court hearing begins today to consider whether the man who tried to assassinate U.S. President Ronald Reagan should be freed from restrictions he's been living under. John Hinckley Jr. is now 66 and moved from a Washington hospital to Williamsburg, Virginia in 2016. Hinckley's attorney says he no longer poses a threat. Hinckley was 25 when he shot and wounded Reagan, and a jury found him not guilty by reason of insanity. I'm Pam Fedick. Now, discover Moose Jaw Sports. They went 4-1 and one in the preseason, and now all the games will count in the standings. The Moose Jaw Warriors finished off their Western Hockey League preseason with a 5-2 win over the Pats in Regina Saturday night. Defenseman Matthew Gallant scored two goals in that win. Yeah, it was definitely a f- special feeling to, to end the preseason with two goals and an assist. Um, but definitely we stuck to the game plan, and that's what really helped us win this game tonight. Forward Eric Allry also scored two goals for Moose Jaw with Atlee Calvert adding a goal and two assists. The Warriors open up their 68-game regular season Friday night when they host the Saskatoon Blades. In case you missed it on the weekend, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders came from behind to beat the BC Lions 31-24. What a game that was. The Riders are now 5-2 and two and just two points behind the first-place Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL West. The Riders back in action Saturday night. They play the Stampeders in Calgary. And the Toronto Blue Jays have a day off before they start a key three-game series against the Yankees tomorrow night. The Blue Jays start the week off, uh, the final regular season uh, week of uh, the season, uh, one game behind the Boston Red Sox for the final American League wildcard spot. And they're two games behind the Yankees for the top spot. The Yankees and Bo Sox are also off today. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. Mostly sunny skies with increasing cloud this afternoon. Wind out of the west, 30, gusting to 50 at times. The high today, 30 degrees, which would be record-setting territory. Tonight, partly cloudy, the overnight low, 7. Tomorrow, sunny, not quite as windy, the high, 30. Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud, 19. Thursday, sunny, 22. Sunny, 24 for Friday. Yesterday's high in Moose Jaw, 26. Normal high at this time of year is 17. The record high, 30 degrees, set in 2011. Record low, minus 5, set in 2002. Sun came up today at 6.56 and goes down tonight at 6.50. This hour, Moose Jaw, sunny and 27. Regina, 23. Assiniboia Gravelberg, 27. Rockland Coronac, 25. Swift Current, 25. Elbow, 23. Davidson Watrous, 22. Once again, it's Cinnaboya 27, Regina 23, and with the wind out of the west at 30 and the relative humidity at 20%, it's 27 degrees in Moose Jaw. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist Drew Lerner for Young's Equipment, your Case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. Unusually warm temperatures will continue across the Canadian prairies as we go forward through this week, and that includes Saskatchewan, and the drought will rage on. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. The temperatures this week are going to be well above average, but some cooling is expected to take place. 
place as time moves along, and that cooling will come with an opportunity for a few showers, but certainly no drought-busting rain is going to occur anytime real soon. We will see the temperatures way above average today, with readings back into the 20s, maybe even pushing close to 30 degrees in the southern part of the province. We'll expect the heat to continue tomorrow, and we'll see the temperatures definitely getting up around 30 or slightly above in the southeast, which is amazing because at this time of the year, we have shorter hours of daylight. But nevertheless, we'll still manage to get this to take place. There will be a trough of low pressure passing through the region tomorrow, and the winds will switch around to the north and west in the western part of the region as we move forward through the day. That will bring some cooler air into those areas. It'll take a couple of days, but the cooler air will overspread a larger part of the region. And we do have a little disturbance in Alberta that will likely you know, work its way north or eastward that will attempt to bring some moisture into Saskatchewan as we get to midweek. Now, the precipitation at that point in time looks like it's going to be mostly in the northwest and west-central areas, maybe from just to the northwest of Kindersley through the Cold Lake area, Meadow Lake area, and maybe Blaine Lake. Everybody else, if there's any shower activities, going to be rather minimal. And the precipitation in those northwestern areas probably won't be more than about 8 or 9 millimeters. Everybody else will be left generally dry. Cooler air will attempt to work its way across the region, but doesn't get very far because there's another ridge of high pressure that builds up, and so temperatures will be warm again as we get out towards the end of this work week. The temperatures will not be as hot as they will be early this week, but they will still be in the 20s in many locations. We will not expect to see temperatures any cooler than upper teens in any part of the region for the next seven days. Nighttime temperatures are expected to run upper single digits into the lower teens in the warmer areas of the south and mostly in the middle and upper single digits elsewhere. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Tim here with Young's Equipment. Get more. 20% more capacity, 30% more speed, 70% more flex. The all-new Macdon FT2 gives you more of everything you need for harvesting performance. From the company that brought you the original Flex Draper. Call your local Young's Equipment location or visit youngs.ca. Bigger, faster, flexier. Get more with the Macdon FT2 Flex Draper. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. The Road Report on The Heartland at Noon from My Addictions Clothing Boutique in the Town & Country Mall. New fall fashions have just arrived, small to 2XL. Get ready tomorrow for another major traffic interruption. Uh, Caribou and Knight scheduled to be closed starting tomorrow to allow for water main construction completion and uh, plant and traffic signal upgrade. So that's Knight and Caribou tomorrow scheduled to be closed as the city continues to work on those local area highways. Uh, still some construction out there. A couple of construction zones on the way to Swift Current between Moose John and Swift Current. And a 60K zone, orange zone, between uh, Moose John and Saskatoon on Highway 11. If you have trouble in traffic any time, uh, we'd love for you to uh, alert us. We can alert other motorists on the radio. Use the Moose Jaw RV and Marine Contest and or text line. It's the same number, 693-8000. Now, today's Paul Martin commentary. There's just no substitute for shopping and doing it in person. 
We should not be writing any obituaries for bricks and mortar or stores with a door anytime soon. Consumers still like visiting their favorite retailer or shopping in person. The latest figures on retail activity or consumer spending in this country offer up a most interesting take on the e-commerce side of purchases. From June to July of this year, sales generated on e-commerce platforms actually fell. They went from 6% of all spending to 4.6. Now that's a significant drop and it coincides with many of the reopening schedules across the country. As soon as the stores were free to welcome customers without limitations, consumers responded and headed to the mall or their favorite shop. Now there's no doubt that e-commerce or online sales are going to play a bigger role in overall consumer spending patterns, but these figures suggest that any notions of the old-fashioned bricks and mortar shop becoming a museum display are overblown. I'm Paul Martin. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. The best way to start your weekend is at Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. Every Saturday on Langdon Crescent from 8 to 1, rain or shine, bring your family to Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. Strike up some fun this weekend at the South Hill Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. South Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. COVID-19 uptake, uh, cases continue uh, to climb uh, on the weekend. Uh, We learned from the Ministry of Health, 552 new cases confirmed and three more people have died. 281 hospitalizations as of yesterday, which is down from one on Saturday. 4,864 active cases still, including 263 here in the local South Central Zone. That number has continually been climbing over the past few weeks. Vaccination clinics continue across the province. You can find a link to a complete list on the Saskatchewan Health Authority Facebook page. And a reminder, a number of, uh, a number of local pharmacies are ready and willing to deliver the vaccine. You can find that list on the Saskatchewan Health website as well. Or drop in to your uh, local neighborhood pharmacy and ask if they've got the vaccine, if you're still seeking your first and or second dose. Three on the ballot. Those wishing to take a shot at uh, running for mayor of Moose Jaw have until Wednesday at 4 o'clock to file their nomination papers. And we now have three locals who have made their intentions known. We've told you about City Councilor Crystal Froh. She was first, and she was followed last week by driver education instructor Mike Simpkins. And we learned on Friday local limousine driver Wayne Watermanuk has thrown his hat into the ring. His profile on the City of Moose Jaw's website reads, Born and raised in Moose Jaw, attended Westmount, Empire, and Peacock schools, raised two children in the city, helped operate family business in Moose Jaw for over 20 years, currently employed as a shuttle and limo driver. I am honest and hardworking. would like to see the city continue to grow and prosper. I want to make a difference and think the best way to make a difference is to be a part of this city. We have Mr. Watermanek booked for an interview tomorrow, so we'll certainly hear from him on the Heartland at Noon this week. Councillor Jamie Logan made his announcement on the weekend, and not the announcement many were expecting. Hey everyone, uh, thanks for listening in. just want to thank my family and friends and citizens, I guess, who uh, have been reaching out to me to see if I was going to run in the 2021 Moose Jaw mayoral by-election on November 3rd. I've been giving this a lot of thought, and after many hours of thinking, and, and many hours of discussing this with my family, and many sleepless nights, I have decided that 
I, in fact, will not be submitting my name for a chance to be the next mayor of Moose Jaw. Uh, I would have loved to have, but honestly, I feel it would be a disservice to the citizens of the Moose Jaw, of the city of Moose Jaw, to, uh, to run for mayor until I gain more valuable experience in the councillor's position that I currently hold. Uh, on top of that, you know, where I work is, is pretty busy and honestly needs my undivided attention as we navigate through some of the toughest economic times that we've ever faced uh, in our business over the last 26 years. So we're growing and learning and you know what, I really need to, to focus up and pay attention for the people at work, for the employees who are in fact my friends and family. And so I need to be there for them for the next few years. And when I am ready to commit 100% of my time and effort to the mayor's role, then and only then will I run. And by golly, if I'm successful, I promise you I will put my heart and soul into being the best mayor that I could be. Uh, and you certainly won't be sorry you voted for me. I'll work my butt off, I can promise you that. But today isn't that day. And uh, thanks again to everybody. Without a doubt, there's gonna be several strong candidates submit their, their names before the end of the uh, nomination period on Wednesday. So please uh, vote for one of those folks, let your name be heard, and make sure you get out and vote on November 3rd. So remember folks, be kind. Businesses aren't any happier about the new COVID rules than you are, but they are indeed required to uh, enforce them. So be kind, shop local, support local, and stay awesome, Musha. Love you all, take care. Jamie Lowen announcing he will not be running for mayor when we go to the polls in a by-election on November the 3rd, of course, uh, to uh, fill the mayor's chair since Fraser Tomey left uh, that job uh, to run for and become the member of parliament for uh, Moose Jaw Lake Center Lanigan. We'll take a time out and we'll be back to visit with Bruce Fairman, who's got a brand new book out called Moose Jaw, The Boom Years, 1904 to 1914. Stay tuned. Heartland at noon, CHAB. Attention malt barley growers. Prairie Malt and Bigger is offering competitive bids on 2021 Copeland, Metcalf, Synergy, Connect, Fraser, and Bow Barley varieties. And they also require soft white wheat, so send them samples today. Aggressive bids and nearby movement is available for malt barley and soft white wheat into Bigger, Saskatchewan. Contact Prairie Malt today for details and pricing. 1-306-948-3500. 1-306-948-3500. Call today. At Prairie Heart Mobility, you'll feel like family as soon as you walk in the door. Saskatchewan's leader in stair lifts, chair lifts, and a full line of the very best in medical supplies. Whether you're being fitted for equipment for the first time, in need of a repair, or looking to upgrade, Prairie Heart will provide you with the best solution for you and your family. Prairie Heart Mobility, making the hard days a little easier. In Moose Jaw, Regina, and Saskatoon. PrairieHeartMobility.com. Your family here. Always where the heart is. Prairie Heart Mobility. The greatest rock, pop, and soul tunes of the 70s and 80s. It's Dick Bartley's Classic Hits. The songs you remember, surrounded by headlines, personalities, interviews, TV trivia, pop culture, and more. Saturdays at 8 and Sundays at noon. Dick Bartley's Classic Hits. Brought to you by Primary Eye Care Center and Hoya Lenses, Moose Jaw Funeral Home, Assiniboia Livestock Auction, Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation, and the greatest hits of all time, 800-CHAB. 
This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. The last time this man was uh, here for a visit was back in the summer of 2019, and uh, he told us he might have one more book left in him. Well, it's done. It's in local bookstores now and available online. Bruce Fairman, over the years, has published a number of works featuring our colorful and perhaps notorious history in the city of Moose Jaw. Uh, Moose Jaw Murders and Other Deaths, a most uh, intriguing read. Moose Jaw, The Early Years. Moose Jaw, Then and Now. Sitting Bull's Moose Jaw Sioux, Their History and Times. And now Moose Jaw, The Boom Years, 1904 to 1914. Bruce Fairman and his daughter, Danielle, are joining us on the Heartland. And although Danielle's mic shy today, so Bruce is going to do all the talking. Uh, Bruce, uh, the story on Discover Moose Jaw from uh, 2019 uh, read, uh, and we quoted you in that story. I expanded on my first book, which started essentially as a family tree and has gone nuts. And that, that was the early years book. Uh, that's been updated over the years several times. Finally, it got to the point that I needed two books. So I took it and broke it in half. The main difference now is photographs. I managed to track down about 500 photographs of old Moose Jaw. There's tons of great old photographs in there and uh, more photographs in the new book. It was uh, back in 2019 that you hinted you might have one more book uh, in you, and here it is, uh, something to be proud of, sir. Well, I, I call it the book COVID made. I spent a year and a half hiding in my house. There's the book. There it is, hey? Yeah. <laughs> the boom years, 1904 to 1914. What a colorful history we have, sir. Yeah. That, that period in there, the one-and-a-half-year period, um, amazing numbers. They're in there, but it's just, it, the economy went like this, and then down again. But that one boom year period, the tight period, very, very it's amazing. Just the whole world was doing well at that time. And there was a time uh, when we uh, uh, there was a plan to make Moose Jaw the capital, and, and there was a plan to build a university here, right? Lots of lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We should explain. Uh, Bruce and I are safely socially distanced here, and we have to wear masks uh, when we're in the building, so we're a little muffled here yeah. today. <laughs> But that's life. Uh, the COVID book, uh, you call it. Uh, <laughs> where do you Where do you do your writing, sir? Do you do it at home? Yeah, I have a, actually a nice office in my in my. I live in a condo in Vancouver, high rise condo. I face the mountains. I can see the ski lifts and stuff. I sit there and work on my books, and you know, it's, a, it's a not a bad gig, you know. No kidding. You know, it's not. So I do uh, research online, and then I come down here. And this like this particular visit is a, it's, you combine uh, being granddad, you know, in the evenings and the weekends with my grandkids and, and my daughter and Howard, and then uh, daytime I spend in the library doing research. Still doing research, so you might have another book left well, in you. I yeah, you know, old age is getting harder. You know, my my mind and my butt get number quicker. You know, it's, yeah. it's getting. But I, I just enjoy it, so I'll, I'll probably tell, you know, today I can't do it anymore. You know, and there are some stories in that book I never finished off. There, I'm working on two now. There's a, a large brickyard in town, very large brickyard in town, 1912, 1914. And you may recall the other book, I call it The Mystery Brickyard, because I don't know where, nobody knows where it was, nobody knows what it was called, nobody knows who owned it. So I'm working on that for, what, three years now, until doing more work. And then uh, I just 
digging, just digging, making notes. I, I moped my hand. I've, I've, my, the old age, essentially, I've developed um, arthritis in my wrists and hand, and I've got nerve damage as well. Too many years of being hard in my body, you know. So it limits me to what I can do now. There are, before, when I was writing the first books, and the, even the last book, before this, I could work six to eight hours a day. I'm good now for perhaps two a day, perhaps. You know, so it's going to keep doing it. Um, and you're just going to have to take advantage of technology. You know, the, the text, you know, read, uh, you know, vocals, the text conversion programs and you know, that kind of just I've got to figure something out because I don't want to quit writing. That's what I do. Uh-huh. That's what I'm here for. Take us back uh, to when it all started, the, the writing for you uh, and, and, and recording Moose Jaw history. How long ago was that? Uh, I moved here back again in 1995 from Saskatoon. And I came in town to open up my computer store. I had a store in Saskatoon. I went to open up branch or a store in Moose Jaw. And I came down first trip. I went up in the bus to pick up my... Uh, my car or my motorcycle, I wanted to drive it down from Saskatoon, stepped into a pothole, broke my foot, and I couldn't walk in that foot for almost a year. So that's when it started. I started, as I said, it started as a family tree, and it went crazy from there. And I just, it grows and grows and from there. Did you know when you started researching that, that you were going to be uh, an author, that you oh, were going no. to record history? No. No, it's just something to do. Something to do. Because, you know, I had a year I couldn't do my job. And uh, so I figured, oh, I actually, I could have gone back at a bad time of the year to start a new store. So I'll oh, take the year off and just research and it's gone from there. Well, thank goodness you, you've done this because, I mean, you found some gems in, in our local history over the course of the last, well, 120 years that, uh, that a lot of people yeah. may, have, may have forgotten. And, and a lot of this history uh, is recorded at the Moose Jaw Public Library, which is a, a place that uh, you've done a lot of work yeah. and a place you love to go to, right? And I should mention the two, I worked with these two ladies in the archives, um, Stephanie is in charge and uh, uh, Christina Hind. Just great, just perfect. They are a very good source. They're really very, very helpful. You know, it's it's good. Tell us about the archives uh, at the Moose Jaw Public Library. Um, the, 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 the photograph collection is remarkable, right? It is. It is. It's, um, it's one of the better ones, I suspect, of most cities. You know, for a small town, this is, I have, I say, about 500 photographs now of Moose Jaw over the years, the old photographs. Um, and I, and they, actually, I may one day just do a photo history. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I just, you know, whatever comes, you know. A lot of these photographs uh, that we have in the archives are uh, credited to Lewis Rice. Yes. Thank yes. God. Thank goodness he did what he did. And he was good. He's good at his job. He was a great photographer. And then, do you, I'll bet he knew when he was snapping all those photographs decades and decades ago that uh, he was doing us a favor. Making history. He was recording history. Yeah. 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 In fact, this... This mystery brick, brick plant I'm trying to research now, uh, he photographed that. And the photograph I have of it is by him. But it's very confusing. It's just being, you know, but his, that was the source of this whole story about the brick plant, his photograph. 
And it's a mystery you've got to solve. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. It's a long process. You know, it's just, it's just uh, I suppose a better writer or a better researcher has better ways. I just get in there and slug through it. And I get help from so many sources. You know, the Moose Jaw Days, for example. I've made some great contacts with Don Dickinson's Moose Jaw Days. The Facebook page. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've made some great contacts through there. Um, I've, and, and people in town, I mean, everybody has been very, very helpful. You know, and once you get, and I'm known more in town for the murder book. In fact, I got that nickname, Moose Jaw, you know, the Mr. Murder sort of thing. <laughs> but that's, I'm, until they realize who I am, they've been very good. You know, so it's, a, it's not a one-person job. You know, and, then, and then I just have the easy job. I just write this stuff and research. My daughter does everything else. She's, she's the brains of the outfit. <laughs> And she's laughing right now, shaking yeah, her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she's, she's not in here yet. Yeah. Well, I, see, I have the easy job. I just, it's fun. I just love doing what I do. Mm-hmm. And everything else is hers. The, uh, uh, we talked about photographs and how many there are in the Moose Jaw Public Library. How do you go about deciding which ones to use in this new book, Moose Jaw, The Boom Years? Well, this, the last book, one, two years ago, I had, I spent a lot of time gathering some photographs that have never been seen before or many, many years. And I really made an effort to make that book very heavy photograph-wise. This one here is more text. I'm limited to size, what I can publish, what size. So there's fewer, fewer photographs in here than the other book. There's more text in here and better stories. There's many stories in there that have never been written before. Uh, the uh, wooden, paving, wooden paving bricks were downtown, uh, the, the fancy lights, that kind of stories. There's many in there which have never been researched before, to my knowledge. And uh, that's that. That if, if person was to buy that book by itself only, they have a very good history of that time period of Moose Jaw. It's, I'm really, that one is my, I consider that one my best book to date. Some real colorful characters you write about too, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Danielle just said, I still think the murder book was the best. I found that most intriguing, too, uh, Moose Jaw Murders and Other Deaths, because it, it uh, I mean, it goes back in history, but comes up to modern day, and, and a number of the uh, of the crimes that were committed were crimes that we reported on here at mm-hmm. CHAB, and, and there was a, a couple of those uh, uh, murders and, and deaths that that, uh, that you wrote about that, I mean, I was in the courtroom covering... Uh, Mm-hmm. Covering uh, some of these cases, so it was. Uh, it's interesting that it, well, it's great that they're recorded, and it you know it jogs some memories for me and took me back yeah. in time to yeah. to sitting in the courtroom and and covering this real life drama, yes. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, where can we get this book, sir? Um, there Danielle, come closer to the mic. There now you now you've got no choice. Now, now no you're choice. on the radio. <laughs> um, they are all available at um, Pastimes on Main Street. Um, they are available at the shop up in the new area by the mall and their downtown souvenir shop on Main Street. Nelson has them at Post Horizon Bookstore on High Street. And there are a few of the couple of the books available at the tourism office up here at the top of the hill. Very good. And you can still get some from me too sometimes over at Moosenet Computers. Okay, there you go. Moose Job, the boom years, 1904 to 2014. I just... Got myself an autographed copy. I can't thank you enough for that, sir. <laughs> My pleasure. Anything else you'd like to add before we nope, let you go? No, no, just, just, I actually, I want to mention, I have not been here for two years. The city has boomed in two years. I'm shocked. I've been driven around the city now, 
seeing things I've never saw before, just areas, and it's amazing how much this place has grown in, in two years. Well, welcome home. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for this. Thank you. Bruce Fairman, the author of Moose Jaw, The Boom Years, 1904 to 1914. Highly recommended reading for you and your family. We'll take a time out and be back. More coming up on The Heartland at noon. The tradition continues at the Manicota Talk with Lake Company this Friday, October 1st. Yearlings and cattle sell at 12 noon. Watch our sales on dbauction.com. Our webpage has our sales schedule and market report, manicotastockman.com. Follow our Facebook page for all sale information. October 8th is calves and an all-class sale followed by Manicota Select Video Sale. This Friday we have a good number of yearlings and calves coming to town. Thanks for trusting us at your market of choice. Manicota Stockman, 478-229. 800-CHAB, connecting the community. Verna Kurgan, coach with the Kinsman Mushaw Speed Skating Club. We have uh, an opportunity for anyone that's interested. Try speed skating. Anyone, hockey players, figure skaters, recreational skaters, come out and give it a try. Sunday, October the 3rd and October the 10th from 3.15 to 4.15. We'll suit you up with skates, some equipment, bring a helmet if you've got a helmet. A great opportunity. It's free. Speedskating at gmail.com and you can get details there. Also, uh, go to a Facebook page, Kinsman Mushaw Speed Skating Club. Connecting the community. Brought to you by Ottawa Real Estate. Renew your plates quickly and conveniently at mjplates.ca. Locally owned and operated in Moose Jaw since 1910. Minute Muffler Break and Wheel. For complete automotive service and maintenance, call or book online at mjminute.ca. Corner of High Street and 2nd Avenue Northwest. And Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. September 30th, coming up Thursday, marks the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, the day honoring the lost children and survivors of residential schools, their families and communities, public commemoration of this tragic and painful history and ongoing impacts of residential schools is a big component of the reconciliation process. Both the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation and Orange Shirt Day are taking place on Thursday. Orange Shirt Day, as you probably know by now, an Indigenous-led grassroots commemorative day that honors the children who survived Indian residential schools and uh, remembers those who did not. This day relates to the experience of Phyllis Webstad, a Northern Shoe Swap, on her first day of school where she arrived dressed in a new orange shirt, and it was taken away from her. It's now a symbol of the stripping away of culture, freedom, and self-esteem experienced by Indigenous children over generations. September 30th, we are encouraged to wear orange to raise awareness of the very tragic legacy of residential schools and to honor the thousands of survivors. Blaze Wozniak has more. I've got Lori Dietz on the phone, chair of the Waccamaw Aboriginal Community Association. And next Thursday, September 30th, is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Uh, I understand the Waccamaw Aboriginal Community Association has a few different things planned for that day. Uh, could you tell me about them, Lori? Sure. So, um, in the afternoon, uh, we are going to create uh, an orange shirt garden uh, just outside of the public library and the art museum there. So we're asking anyone and everyone to come down. 
we are going to have some supplies to make orange shirts and then we're going to put them on on sticks and things like that and then uh, plant them in the garden in the grass around there and just uh, do a garden of orange shirts and it gives everybody an opportunity of course to get creative um, put something on an orange shirt, uh, say a few kind words, what, whatever they like and feel is appropriate for that, and give them some time to really contemplate. And uh, when you see numbers like that, it, it's pretty impressive. If someone wanted to head down to the library to help out with that, uh, what time is that happening? From 12 till 4. We're also encouraging uh, people... Um, We'll hope to have a sign out there beforehand about what we're doing. So if those hours, 12 to 4, don't work with you, you know, come on down before or after. Um, even if you participate, come down after. Uh, we probably will have a few of the schools around town that will also participate on their own. And then the uh, orange shirts will come down later. So the full amount of them won't all necessarily be out from 12 to 4 so. And the Waccamaw Aboriginal Community Association has something planned for uh, the evening as well, is that correct? We are partnering with the Mooster Cultural Centre and uh, the National Film, Film Board, and we're playing two doc- documentaries. So if you haven't seen them, we highly recommend you come. The showings are free, and uh, we, at 5 o'clock we'll be playing uh, We Will Stand Up. That is the Colton Bushi documentary. And then at 8 p.m., we... Uh, they'll be playing We Were Children. Uh, the 8 p.m. is definitely for a mature audience. It's a very real film and uh, does show some disturbing things. So that one is the latest show, and then the Colton Bushi at 5. And you said uh, attendance for both of those are completely free? Completely free. Perfect. Uh, Laurie, is there anything else at all that I may have missed or anything else that you'd like to add? No, these are just some of the things that we are doing. Um, you know, there are there is one other thing at the Mooster Art Museum and Gallery. It's really nice that we're out there. There's a few things that I would suggest going. Going into the Art Museum, into the Heritage Gallery, there's still the display of shoes from the first um, discoveries of the of the unmarked graves that people put the shoes out on the church across the way at St. Andrews. So they're still in the art museum. If people haven't gone to look at that exhibit, I recommend doing that as well. So uh, coming down to the park for the afternoon, taking some time, going for a walk, just really taking time to understand, you know, what happened, you know, and how we got to where we are today. It's the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. It's coming up this Thursday. And uh, Lori Dietz from the Waccamaw Aboriginal Community Association would love to see you taking part. We'll take a time out and be back. Uh, I uh, had the great pleasure of uh, playing around a golf on Saturday at uh, Deer Valley out at Lumsden. What a lovely golf course that is. Um, like all Saskatchewan golf courses, struggled a little bit uh, during the summer with the lack of rain, but it's in great shape now. And the scenery in the Coppell Valley, uh, Coppell Valley. I mean, just breathtaking. Uh, didn't even care what I was, you know, about my golf shots, really. Just wanted to hit my golf shot so I could soak in some more scenery. But during the day, Saturday afternoon, there were flurries of gunfire, shotguns, 
going off. I'm thinking a number of partridge and maybe some pheasant and prairie chicken met their fate on Saturday afternoon in the Quapel Valley. It is hunting season, and uh, we'll focus on hunting season when we come back. The executive director of the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation, Daryl Crabb, is next on the Heartland at Noon. And now, another rock and roll history lesson on 800 CHAB. Following more than a decade of being snubbed, Rush was finally inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013. It is our honor to finally induct Rush into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. While most Hall inductees take their speech opportunity to thank family, discuss influences, or address the current political climate, Alex Lifeson delivered one of the most memorable Rock and Roll Hall of Fame speeches in history. Lifeson simply said, Blah, 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 blah. The speech quickly became a YouTube sensation, hailed by many as a brilliant takedown of the typical long-winded induction speech. This has been another Rock and Roll History Lesson, brought to you by Inspiration Decor MJ, voted best paint store in Moose Jaw, featuring Benjamin Moore Paint, established in 1883. Great West Auto and Egg Supply in Moose Jaw, a Cinnaboya Livestock Auction, committed to getting top dollar for your livestock. And Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. Discover Moose Jaw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com. Today is sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon. Wind coming from the west at 30 kilometers per hour, gusting up to 50 and a high of 30. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming clear in the evening and a low of 7. Tomorrow, mainly sunny. Wind coming from the southeast at 20 kilometers per hour. It will shift to the northwest late in the afternoon and also a high of 30. Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 19. Thursday, sunny with a high of 22. Friday, sunny with a high of 24, and right now in Moose Jaw, it is 22 degrees. For complete online weather anytime, click on discovermoosejaw.com or the Discover Moose Jaw live app. I'm Katherine Ludwig. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. All hunters encouraged to submit heads for CWD testing. That's a story we posted on discovermoosejaw.com just a few days ago. Blaze Wozniak with the executive director of the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation on the Heartland at Noon. Chronic wasting disease. Um, this seems to be something that we're talking more and more about every single year. Uh, how big of a concern is CWD to the uh, Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation? Well, it's probably the... the you know, the number one concern for our terrestrial wildlife that we've, uh, you know, with all the ungulates that it affects, it's probably, without a doubt, the, the biggest issue that we're facing right now in Saskatchewan and have been for, you know, a number of decades now, but it, uh, the prevalence rate of, uh, of that disease in certain areas has risen, you know, in some cases well over 50%. Is there anything we can do about the spread of CWD, or is it do we is there even a I guess a plan that uh, any area has come up with at the moment? Uh, there's been different plans tried uh, in different locations throughout the world about trying to eradicate it, and I think in most cases uh, that that uh, possibility or the, that uh, attempt has failed um, because you know the in, in, in order to eradicate it, you have to eradicate all of the possible. Uh, transmission uh, 
sources within that area. And now they recognize that CWD can actually uh, be retained within the environment itself. So it's a very difficult disease to get rid of. So, you know, our, our best bet is to try to control it and to uh, try to keep out of areas that presently don't show that it exists in those uh, spots. What are some of the hot spots in the province right now when it comes to that? Well, there's there's a number of them, but certainly uh, uh, in the southwest and up towards Lloydminster are two hot uh, hot spot areas. You know, the big and of course uh, CWD is is uh, uh, present in Alberta as well. So uh, our biggest issue right now is to try to make sure that the further east we go, that we try to reduce that uh, possible spread of the disease. Are there any signs or characteristics that hunters should be uh, on the lookout for while in the field if they're uh, stalking or watching animals? Yeah, it's, it's well documented that, uh, uh, you know, it, until clinical signs of chronic waste disease are obvious to humans, uh, you know, it, it, it's the, the disease has actually gone quite a ways in that individual animal before we're able to recognize those clinical signs. But once it does start to show clinical signs, you'll see that it's, uh, you know, there's foaming at the mouth, that disoriented, seems to be uh, um, lacking coordination, that sort of thing when it's walking. Uh, you just signs that you would normally take to be, you know, recognize that there's obviously something wrong with that animal. Uh, it's uh, fight or flight uh, instincts aren't, aren't present at that time either. So they normally don't run away. They, uh, no, they're, and just it's it's pretty obvious when you see one that it, they're sickly and that there's uh, and of course there's the other physical signs they usually um, drooling at the at the mouth because of uh, they don't uh, uh, usually uh, drink much water and they're dehydrated and you can usually see their ribs like they're you know they're not eating uh, as well so it's uh, it's uh, very un- very unfortunate uh, picture to see but it's um, very obvious. What's interesting too is uh, the deer that I shot last year tested positive and at the time when uh, my friend and I were going after it uh, we thought that it was maybe just very curious and that we were very well hidden because of how close how unafraid it was of us Uh, and it wasn't until afterwards that I got the test results back and realized it was positive that it all kind of snapped into place and went oh it wasn't we weren't just well hidden and it wasn't curious it was very sick. Yes. Yeah, they, there has been a number of uh, um, researches into uh, recognizing that uh, predators, you know, uh, uh, larger predators, uh, wolves, uh, uh, you know, the big cats, uh, and they can actually, they can pick out which animal in the herd has CWD very easily. And uh, they prey on them right away, obviously. So, it, you know, again, it's just humans aren't uh, aren't that in tune with uh, being able to pick out those little nuances in, in the animals in a herd which ones have have a disease particularly CWD in this case and don't it's not mandatory but uh, the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation is uh, encouraging everyone to get their animals tested right absolutely yes. so when someone is out uh, this year if they harvest an animal I guess uh, what steps could or should they take well, there's, you know, you can you can submit a head. There's there's all kinds of uh, head submission stations uh, stations around the province. Uh, we have one right in Moose Jaw at our uh, at our headquarters um, up to the 
Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation. But we're also, uh, you know, if you want to get your head processed quicker, we're recommending that people take out the glands themselves, uh, which is very easy. You can go online onto our website. Uh, if you've got a filleting knife, uh, it, and honestly, it only takes, you know, 10 minutes to, to pull those samples out yourself, put them in a baggie, mark it up, put it in the bags that are provided at the, uh, at the drop-off stations and get it in. And we're, uh, you know, we're anticipating, we had a, we had a, a, a very, uh, a positive increase in the time lapse last year of getting re- uh, responses back from uh, from heads that were submitted, and now that we're going to this other method of trying to encourage everyone to uh, pull out the samples themselves, uh, we're anticipating that that turnaround time is going to drop significantly again this year. Is there anything on this topic, Daryl, that I may not have asked, or anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, hunters are probably the only uh, real opportunity we have to try to gain control over this disease, but um, you know, it, I always tell everyone it's it's as much about uh, trying to figure out the prevalence of the disease in, in a local population, and as much about trying to figure out where the disease isn't present. So we, we encourage everybody to you know to uh, you know play play a role in that and uh, make sure they get their heads submitted. Switching directions, the uh, Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation just announced a few days ago a new program called the Master Angler Program. Uh, can you first off tell us, I guess, what exactly this is? Well, it's it's probably the most comprehensive uh, uh, app that you've ever seen when it comes to uh, angling, and you know, it has everything there about uh, just about every body of water in Saskatchewan, the uh, the types of fish that are in those bodies of water, and uh, an ability to register any trophy catches you have, and and we wanted to set this up so that it became a you know an opportunity for uh, uh, avid anglers to be able to register their catches um, and to compete for prizes and everything else in Saskatchewan. But primarily, it's uh, you know the tool. It's, it's just an outstanding tool for the angling community in Saskatchewan to be able to access just tons of information about. Uh, local bodies of water that they might uh, frequent, and, and probably more so other bodies of water that they're not uh, that they haven't been to before or have not been to for a long time. Is there any information that you're hoping people who uh, download the app uh, that they can provide? I guess uh, while they're out fishing this year. Um, I think there's you know, there's an opportunity to recognize some issues, especially about uh, invasive species that they might notice or. or uh, think are present are, are prevalent or present at that location so it does yeah it does provide some opportunities for and and for any other comments they might might, might make about uh, potential fisheries projects uh, issues that they notice while they're fishing that you know that we could uh, uh, have a look at and see if we can correct those issues that might exist there and uh, make it a better fishery for um, for our scattering anglers I'm looking at the app now, and there, yeah, there is a lot of stuff you can report, uh, whether you've caught a tagged fish or not. There's a fish identifier part of it. Uh, like you said, there's different. Uh, there's a map that shows all the different areas you can fish and what's in there. Um, and then there's a spot for people to submit a catch. Uh, I guess what reason would people yes. have to uh, submit one? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I just 
kind of wind gust there. No, yeah, no worries. Uh, there's a section on the app to submit a catch where you can uh, write down uh, where you caught it, what type it is, uh, how big it was. Uh, what's the importance of that information? Well, it, it, it certainly confirms the, uh, you know, the, those populations are there. Plus, it, it gives us a really good opportunity to see uh, what class of fish, or, you know, what year class of fish are in those areas. Is there a, uh, a, a, a repopulating or is there a, a population there that are uh, able to reproduce? And, uh, you know, and, and determining the size of the fish that are coming out of any particular body of water helps management of that, uh, of that resource greatly. Awesome. Always uh, good to visit with Daryl Crabb, the Executive Director of the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation. Our thanks to him for his time on the Heartland at Noon today. We'll take a time out. More to come on the Heartland at Noon on CHAB. When you're a farmer, you've learned to take the good with the bad because you've seen it all and your roots are deep. Daddy, I want to be a farmer just like you. Farming is about a sense of pride in an honest day's work, careful planning, and growing for the future. Moose Jaw Co-op is on your team. Early mornings, late nights. Safely getting harvest completed with agro and fuel locations in Avonlea and Moose Jaw. We are growers. We are farmers. We are Moose Jaw Co-op. Be part of something bigger. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. You know what I completely forgot to do this morning? And I promoted it on this show on Friday. The fact that uh, we have copies of the brand new 2022 edition of the Old Farmer's Almanac. And here I was on Friday on this program saying, stay tuned on Monday morning to the 800 CHAB Morning Show for your chance to win a copy of the 2022 Old Farmer's Almanac. And then I forgot all about it this morning. I didn't write it down. You see, that was the thing. (laughs) So I've written it down now. So, uh, tomorrow morning on the 800 CHAB Morning Show, your chance to win a copy. Uh, We'll also have the pop quiz for Bugsy's Irish Pub and Smitty's in the Town and Country Mall. We play that game after 7 o'clock, and I'll figure out something to do. It might, you might, we might make use of the uh, Moose Jaw RV and Marine text line uh, in order to deliver you a copy of the Old Farmer's Almanac, the 2022 edition. I haven't decided yet, but like I said, I've written it down. So, we will play. Some sort of a game, some sort of a contest tomorrow for your chance to win your very own copy of the 2022 Old Farmer's Almanac Canadian Edition. Because why would you want an American edition? So the minimum wage is going up as of uh, this Friday. Not by much, but a little. Every little bit helps when you're making minimum wage. As I contemplated that this morning, I got thinking about what minimum wage was when... I got my first job. I think it was 365, as I recall. I'll share that memory and some other stories in the story on my daily commentary next. Heartland at noon, C-H-A-B. The Bentley by Revera is celebrating their 20th anniversary serving our community. This independent living retirement residence is offering rooms as low as $15.95. The Bentley by Revera, celebrating their 20th anniversary, conveniently located near downtown Moose Jaw. Okay, Google, what's the weather like today? Sunny, high of 21 degrees. Who won the game yesterday? The Riders, of course. Play 800 C-H-A-B. Now, time for Dip Cannonball! 
Listen to 800-CHAB anytime on any smart device. To set up your smart device to play 800-CHAB, follow the instructions under the quick links at discovermoosejaw.com. It'll be in place on Friday. The minimum wage in Saskatchewan will go up by 36 cents to 11.81 an hour. I made minimum wage for the first time in the summer of 1983, working for what we call the Y-City Playground Program. As I recall, I was making three sixty-five an hour, so for six hours a day, I'd rake in twenty-one ninety, and every two weeks, I'd get a paycheck for just over $200. Man, I thought I was a roller. I didn't have to ask my dad for money in July and August. Oh, I also worked part-time for the Moose Jaw Times-Herald Sports Department back then. I got paid 35 cents per column inch, so the more I wrote, the more I earned. I quickly learned how to turn a simple baseball score sheet into a detailed story of the thrills of victory and the agonies of defeat. A lot of substance and no brevity. I used every adjective and adverb known to man in those stories I wrote. If you've got some of those newspaper clippings from the mid-80s, I want you to know that I was the wordsmith, and the colorful content wasn't exactly for your reading enjoyment. It was all for the money. I'm Rob Carney.